Hi, everyone. Welcome to the pilot episode of the Stonebrook Pastors Question and Answer Podcast. Lord willing, each week we're going to take a question you've asked and spend about 15 minutes responding to it. The questions might be about theology, the Christian life, or just a simple question about what's going on in the church and why. My name is Matt Harama, and I'm one of the pastors at Stonebrook Community Church. And this week I'm sitting down with Pastors Brad and Dave to answer the question, what does it mean when we say the church is a family? I hope it's helpful. Okay, guys, so the question on the table, we've gotten this question from a few different people over the last several months, and it's one that comes up over the years from time to time. The Bible describes the church as a family and its individual members as brothers and sisters. So the question is something like, uh, what does it mean that the church is a family? Is this, is this just an analogy? Uh, how is the church like a family? How is the church not like a family? Um, how do we play that out in Stonebrook? What do you guys think? Well, the first place I start in, we, I mean, it's obviously we are a family and it's because God calls us that we are adopted by him as his children and we have one father. And so he is the leader and the protector and the guide of our family of his people. And it's not just the local group of believers like Stonebrook. It is the broad sense of the word, the capital C church, the worldwide church. Of course, that has to break down locally. You can't be buddies and brothers and sisters, close friends with, you know, a billion believers across the world. So it does have to be broken down into a smaller context. But fundamentally, that's really helped me as I think about how I treat one another. It's like, okay, I'm messing around with my dad's son over there if I'm mistreating a, a, another brother or a sister. So it has a lot to do with the interpersonal, the nature of the interpersonal relationship. We're not impersonal. We're not business business uh, partners. We're not merely acquaintances. We're not certainly not enemies. We're part of the same household. It's kind of interesting to think about this question because you've got all kinds of people that kind of claim to be family, like some of a particular race that call themselves brother or. Um, uh, maybe the, yeah, maybe some in other religions might even use those terms. Football teams do that. <laughs> yeah, football teams do that. And so there's this sense of, um, I'm with you. Uh, we're together. We're for you. We have a common goal. Um, we love one another. Um, and yet, even within a physical family, you've got differences. You know, if you're part of the nuclear family, you're, you know, provide or you're a child your parents provide for you but they don't for their cousins or something mm. and you know you can have more distant relatives that are still part of family but they're not um, quite the same as the nuclear family so would you say Dave I've, I've heard us talk about this over the years like Stonebrook is like our nuclear family like our dining room table is the the Sunday morning meeting there are other households out there like say grand avenue or cornerstone or christ community and uh, we've we've talked about this in the past of like we really shouldn't hop over to our neighbor's dinner table if we like the food better that day as sort of an analogy for church shopping are we are we in in bounds with the same analogy of family that the bible uses at that point or are we kind of describing something else 
I would think we would be. It's just uh, they're just more distant relatives. More distant relatives. Then. Okay. And even within the church, that's the case. We're a family of families. Yeah. Typically, some some are single, and yet they may be living in households. But typically, there's there's other families, and so um, there's closeness and commitment and devotion there that you don't have to someone on the other side of the church or even within within our small groups you know you've got a commitment with your small group that's more intense than you would with some other somebody way over in the another part of the church so there's i think there's a diversity do you think it's appropriate to be more or less close relationally with different members of the christian family right it's impossible otherwise because you can't treat everyone as your spouse you know or something or as right. your child you just don't have that bandwidth and uh i think of one verse uh it talks first timothy five it talks about uh honor widows who are truly widows but if a widow has children or grandchildren let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents for this is pleasing in the sight of god hmm. So this is talking about who takes care of a widow. She's part of the Christian family. Well, if she's got children or grandchildren, it's their responsibility. But then if she meets certain criteria, it goes on to say that the church should support her. And um, so I think there's some, yeah, just some instruction there even on how to treat widows uh, who are not part of a, a nuclear family anymore. It's a really good observation that even the scriptures show uh, a more or less closeness based on blood relationship and and you would the the family of families or household of households seems really apt as well there is a different relationship that i have with my wife and my daughters than i do with members of my even my small group there's a different level of closeness there i have a different level of relationship with my blood sister who is not a christian than i do with even you brothers as elders i interact with you more frequently i we have more of a common life goal so we do more things together but at the end of the day i have a commitment to my blood sister who is outside of the church that is just as relevant there'd be one other distinction and that would be how we care for one another in the family of God, whoever that, that is, however many people that can be practically versus caring for people outside of the, of the church, unbelievers. Uh, Galatians six says, you know, do good to all people, especially to those who are of the household of the faith. And so there is a prioritization by the Lord to make sure you're caring for the family of God first. Obviously we want to go beyond that. We're on a mission to reach the world, but uh, that priority, I think, does indicate family. It's like if my children are starving, I need to take care of them first before I help with my neighbor. Okay, so you know, another funny. another truth I think you can see in the scripture um, is that sometimes our church family can be much closer than our physical family. And in fact, Jesus said sometimes the your family, your physical family they'll be your enemies you know yeah uh, because of the gospel brother against brother yeah. yeah right and so and was jesus said even if you leave father mother brother sister for my sake or for the sake of the gospel you have a hundred times as much in this life and the life to come so you can have mothers and fathers and brothers who are closer to you and more committed than an unbeliever unbelieving family and yet there's probably some responsibility if your unbelieving brother 
you know, needs financial help or, you know, there's some kind of a commitment there that's, yeah. that's there more perhaps than that would be within the Christian family. So it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing to think about. It almost feels like there's a tension there or, or a potential conflict there at times. Is what, yeah. you know, how, how do you make the decision moment by moment when you've got two conflicting needs, one in your physical family and one in your church family, who gets priority and precedence? It's probably an, an issue for wisdom and discernment in the moment. That's in, that is interesting. It, 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 Dave, you talked about um, brother against brother. Even Jesus said in the middle of his ministry, um, the, the disciples came to Jesus and said, your mother and brothers are here to take you away. And he said, who are my mothers and brothers? These are my mothers and brothers and sisters, those who do the will of God. And he was talking about Mary. <laughs> that, that, you know, it seems toward the end of his ministry, Mary was more with him and James certainly was more with him. But even even in the midst of his ministry, he he was he was more focused on on his spiritual brothers and sisters. It would seem that's that's it's hard for me to realize sometimes. But. Of course, his mother and brothers had come to take him away because they thought he'd gone crazy. But <laughs> if you look in the book of Mark, it, that it seems to be right after that that he, that this event happened. And it, and it is amazing. Then you got the book of James written by Jesus' brother. Yes. Is that is that the right James? Who, I think so. Who then later called Jesus a perfect man, like calling your own brother a perfect man? That would be, especially your older one, <laughs> like your older brother, a perfect man. That that really does say something about the possibility, even in the spiritual family and physical family being the same. What about uh, what about boundaries? Um, here's a corner that I've been asked about recently in terms of, we talk, so we talk about church discipline, which is, um, which is a disfellowshipping the ultimate form of church discipline would be the disfellowship of, of somebody from the church. Um, and in some of the passages on church discipline, it talks about having nothing to do with such a one, where do the, the lines with blood family and church family, how do those interact there? This is a curveball question. I realize might take a long time to unpack. What do you guys think? Well, yeah, I don't think, let's say it's your spouse, I wouldn't think you should divorce your spouse because they were put out of the church um, or never talk to them or just, you know, not associate with them. So that would be the extreme example. Um, yeah, to me, it's treating them as though they were an unbeliever, basically. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a little bit more pejorative because a Gentile and a tax collector would be I guess a Gentile would be an unbeliever, but it wouldn't be an unbeliever in Jew. So I don't know. It's there seems to be some pejorativeness there in what Jesus said: a Gentile and a tax gatherer. Um, but I wouldn't think it would mean divorcing a spouse or never talking to a child personally. I, I suppose there's a lot of situational issues there too, depending on the nature of the problem and things. But and I know Dave, you've done a lot of thinking in a lot of different scenarios on that, and so. <laughs> That's probably too much to talk about all at once here, but yeah, my, some of them might be what, how damaging will they be to your family or to you personally? So, yeah. so you know, some cases you do have to, uh, you know, there, put distance there. But. There is a point at which somebody needs to be outside of your house household, but that would be seems like it'd be an extreme case. It would be very extreme, you know, drug addiction or some harmful, yeah. something harmful that they would be doing to the family and hurt the other children. Yeah, that'd be more obvious of a case. 
What about, I was going back to maybe the more the positive sense of church as a family and caring for one another and having fellowship and relationship with one another and, and maybe even sort of the emotional needs that God is meeting through family, specifically maybe for widows, orphans, um, unmarried folks. Um, what would, what maybe would be an expectation there or something the church should aspire to or strive for? What do you guys think about that? Well, it would cross the it would cross the metaphor lines from family to body, but First Corinthians twelve would say to take care of those who are more unseemly, those parts of the body that are more unseemly. God would want to honor them, and so I think that could be an analogy there that you those who are weaker, those who are disenfranchised, those uh, that um, yeah just have less, uh, we would care for them. And I, the one another verses, I don't know if you could pin that only on the family metaphor, but. Sure. Certainly, the that would the application uh, would for family how to treat one another would come out of those fifty or so one another verses that are in the New Testament. This is why we would probably recommend households living together, especially like college students or recent graduates who haven't yet married or older singles living together with others that that they can more on a day to day basis uh, implement some of those one another passages mm-hmm. on a on a regular thing. I know with with. Uh, a wife and four children in my household, we have plenty of opportunities to, to preach and practice the one another's. Um, but I, I, if I lived alone, if I was unmarried, for example, I would probably not only be craving and needing, but actually legitimately needing um, more people in my life. And I remember being in college, I had a, a single room, I was by myself in a dorm room, um, when I, when I came to Christ and then realized I need a roommate, it's going to be much more helpful to have a, uh, especially a Christian roommate to help me grow and thrive in the faith and being alone all the time was just, was not good. But of course too, then that's not available to some people. And so trusting the Lord's timing, providence, and the methods that are available through Bible study and small group and things like finding, like getting yourself into a, a small group or a Bible study, um, that meets regularly comes to mind. So um, those are some of my initial thoughts there too. What else you guys got? And some of them might, might depend on uh, how close the person, if they're single, uh, do they have a uh, physical family? Even sometimes a lot of needs can be met, even if those physical family are non-believers or, you know, you go there for Christmas or, or Easter, or those types of things you have, some sense of family outside of the church, but there are some people in the church that don't have that. Either mm-hmm. their um, their parents are gone, or um, their their family is so dysfunctional that they they just don't have any interaction. I think those are the ones that are particularly vulnerable, and it's been very encouraging to me to see some of our married folks uh, just really adopt some folks like that. And I think we we should be particularly on the lookout for somebody like that who doesn't have those connections over holidays or different things like that, birthdays, that kind of thing. That's good. So maybe let's, let's sum up the, the ground we've trod. We covered, we covered a lot in a little bit of time here. So um, there's a, w- would, would it be accurate to say that the Bible uses the analogy of family to describe the church and that um, the analogy of the blood family, the nuclear blood family, mother, father, brother, sister, um, or, or is it more than just an analogy? Well, that's a good question. It is a reality. We yeah. are his children. So 
in that sense, it is it is an analogy, but it's more than that. Whereas body is perhaps more of an, a metaphor. Um, although we are called Christ's body, so we are His members. He's the head. So yeah, it's it's an interesting that's an interesting way to phrase that question. More more of an analogy, but more more than an analogy. Maybe an illustration to describe. Maybe like a sermon illustration to describe the reality. There you go. Something like that. And the, so one of the other things we said is that we do have responsibilities to our blood family that probably don't apply across the board to our spiritual family. Like I have more responsibility for my wife and children than I would my small group members or you guys on some levels. I, but the scripture does bind me to certain responsibilities to the church, the members of the church with the one another commands and, and other things along that line. We are in a very real sense brothers and sisters of our brother Jesus. We've been adopted into the family of God. Jesus being the firstborn of many siblings. So there's a, that's the reality that's trying to be described by the body, by the family. Yeah, that's good. And that, there's a, okay. Well, there's a, there's a crack at it. There's probably more to discuss, but maybe that will scratch the surface a little bit. Thanks, guys, for your contribution. Say goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this first episode of the Stonebrook Pastors Question and Answer podcast. If you have a question you'd like to hear answered, email us at ask at stonebrook.org. We'll see you Sunday.